Oh, Martha, look. There's a man on the side of the road with a sign. We should stop over and give him some money. Oh, Gerald. You're always stopping for these panhandlers. You don't know anything about the man. He could be seriously dangerous. Martha, that's an incredibly bigoted attitude towards people who are down on their luck. All right, let's let's stop over and see and see him. I can't quite make out what his sign says. Jared, his sign says, "We'll we'll be talking head for money." What? Well, you know, let's hear the man out. Jared, we got places to be. Let's not. Oh God, you're pulling over. Hey there, Mister. I hear you're down in your luck. Would you like a five dollar bill? Well, actually, what I'd really like to do is talk to you about demographic change and how we're losing the Anglo-Saxon culture of our country. Drive, Gerald, drive! It's, 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 it's Tucker Carlson! Drive, drive, drive! Oh, God, run! Welcome to the show. What's up, y'all? Here we go today. Gonna be checking out the last speech Tucker Carlson made before he was fired from Fox News. Now, in fairness, this uh, this is it says leaving Fox News, but I believe it has been confirmed that he was fired. There's a lot of theories. I'm not going to speculate, but it, it may or may not have anything to do with uh, you know. Some of that uh, shit he had in his text messages. But this is the uh, last speech he made. So I'm going to be taking a look at this. This is from Heritage.org. I'm not a fan of the Heritage Foundation. Consider, I assume that's what uh, Heritage.org is. But it could be a different questionable company, questionable organization. I don't like the Heritage Foundation. I don't like how. I also don't how, uh, like how closely connected they are to NPR. But let's take a gander at a little douchebag here. Thank you. You're really nice. I feel a little underdressed. Yep, there it is, right on the podium. It says Heritage Foundation. Fuck those people. Looking out in this crowd of handsome, well-dressed people. I just came from work. And if you wear a tuxedo in the air, they think it's the March of Dimes. So I didn't want to make any, you know, I think it was a telethon. Uh, so pardon my appearance. Is he not a telethon? Well, I mean, I guess he's not raising money. But soon he'll be shilling on streaming, which is kind of a non-ending telethon. It's amazing to be in a room. This is far more people. But seriously, who, like, what are the odds he gets hired by the Daily Wire? I'd say pretty high. Then live in the town that I live in. Um... I've been in an elevator in three years. That's how remote my life has become. What? 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 Are you? Do you expect me to believe that your studio is your studio on a ground floor? What do you mean you haven't been in an elevator? There's no way he's this out of touch with reality. Like what? Um, so it's very cool or worn socks for that matter. Uh, to be in a room full of nice people, um, and I want to thank you, Father Scalia, wherever you are. That I, that invocation, for some reason, that uh, really got me. Um, yeah, it did. And it, actually, I'll just tell you, since it's just us and no one's watching, um, 
that it, it reminded me that I don't pray enough for the country and I should. I I think God probably has you on mute. If I'm being honest, I, if I were God, I would put you on mute. And I'm I'm upset. Uh, but the answer is is to include the country in your prayer. So thank you for reminding us of that. Um, anyway, thank you. I just want to start by saying that I'm grateful to be here, and I want to tell you why I am here. There are two specific reasons. Um, the first and most immediate is that during this fall's midterm elections, I got almost every single call wrong. I typically don't weigh in on races because, you know, what do I know? I don't actually cover politics. I'm what, what do you mean you don't cover politics? What, what, what is... What do you think your show is? I'm not that interested, um, but this time I got so spun up and so emotional that I convinced myself there was this wave coming, this political liberation that was gonna happen. Okay, just making excuses for Republicans not being as popular as he thought they were. And I told our viewers that in some great detail and introduced a series of candidates who subsequently lost as you know the new governor of New York or fill in the blank. And it was so humiliating. Uh, to be that wrong. The guy who made several episodes about wanting to fuck Candy thinks that's the most embarrassing thing he's done. Everything Tucker Carlson does is embarrassing. In public, often wrong, not usually in front of other people, um, that I thought, I've just got to take some time off. He hasn't really said anything of substance yet, so I, all I have is, is making fun of him. And think about why I was so unbelievably wrong. So I went pheasant hunting, not that it was because you were just trying to tell people what they wanted to hear. That's not a way to determine truth or even viability. It's the pheasant's fault, but that is kind of a way to clear your head. <laughs> and, I, um, and I wound up, because bird hunting really is, again, not good for the birds, but very good for you. And I wound up uh, in South Dakota with Kevin, among other people, including a couple of my college roommates, and I was just, I was so impressed by him as a person. And really that having spent my life in Washington, I can tell you if you're not from here, the, the key question about anybody who runs any institution in Washington is how false is this person? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You seem pretty fucking disingenuous. You haven't been on an elevator? I forget the time period he said, but like, what? God sends messages, we can't immediately translate all of them. Uh, so I, I can't. Also, it, also, if there's anyone who's illiterate in the language of God, it's probably Tucker Carlson. I tell you what that meant, there clearly is meaning. The point is, uh, the man who runs Heritage is not false at all. In fact, my assessment of him was, he's completely real. He's, a complete, he's an honest person. The Heritage Foundation is a think tank whose job it is, is to come up with evidence that supports conservative claims. They have been caught lying numerous times. And some of the shit they peddle is just straight biased garbage. He means it. He's not playing a role. And that was so thrilling to me to see that. And by the way, it was confirmed by one of Heritage's a lobbyist group is a role. I don't know what he's talking about here. Security people who was standing backstage with me and I asked him, because the security guys always know they're all former cops. You know, they've seen everything. Implying that cops have better intuition than the average person 
But the reality is, is that a lifetime of being a cop is going to skew your intuition in certain directions. They have seen humanity in various states of drunken undress. Like, you can't shock them. And they know who's real and who's not. And I asked, you know, what do you, what do you think? And one of them said to me, to my face, I would go to war for him. And I thought, and, and that's not the sign of a cult. I'm being sarcastic. That is like what you would say in a cult. These are the kind of people who will tell you the truth. I mean, like, why would he lie to me? I don't even know. Why wouldn't he? Like, I mean, what does he stand to gain or lose in that situation? He could tell you whatever he wants. It really depends on the nature of his character. Is he the type of person who would mess with you? He might lie. Know his name, but he meant it. Um, and so to see- He probably did mean it. It, it sounds like the kind of thing a, a wackadoo security guard would say. A leader, a real leader at the helm of an institution that matters, that has the kind of throw weight that Heritage does. Was you, Heritage, the Heritage Foundation is special interest. It's so weird how, like, here's a fact. People always complain about special interest, unless it's a special interest that benefits them. Was thrilling, was absolutely thrilling for me. Oh shit, I wonder if he's gonna go work at the Heritage Foundation next. Oh, they're not, they don't really have a TV show. Oh God, we might start hearing Tucker Carlson on NPR because the story of the last decade. I mean, he wouldn't get, I'm sure they wouldn't give him a show on NPR, but he could end up becoming like the Heritage Foundation media representation who goes and talks on NPR. Because while NPR is liberal, I mean, that's the thing is that they're liberal, they're pro-capitalism. That's, by the way, that's, that's what liberal means. It means that you like all the things that leftists like, but also capitalism is the collapse of leadership, not of the population. The people remain noble and decent, so far as I can tell. I still live here, I'm never leaving. We have good- He cites himself as being someone who's noble and decent. Everything I've seen from Tucker Carlson implies that he is neither of those things. People, we have terrible people in charge. And not just of our government, but of- Notice how they clap when he says that we have terrible people in charge? It's because that's what they want to believe. That is part of their worldview. In their mind, that goes off and their brain goes, yeah, 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 I agree. Doesn't mean it's wrong or incorrect. It doesn't mean it's correct or incorrect, by the way. But that is what that audience wants to hear. The institutions that I grew up in, the Episcopal Church, my high school, you know, I can just go on and on and on. They're all run by weak people. Damn, I did not see him coming out against the Episcopalian church. Didn't see that coming. Attacking schools, that seems up his speed. I guess Episcopalians are just too liberal now. And it's because of gay priests, isn't it? You know, it's the same in marriage. You know, weak husband causes angry wife. Weak leaders cause an angry country. That's true. And to see someone who's not a weak. Okay, you know, what do you mean by weak? Like, what is the implication, Tucker? You're the guy who worked for a channel 
where you were deliberately lying to the to your audience because you were afraid that if you disagreed with them that they would stop watching your channel does is is that type of rolling over and just sucking it up for money the type of do you consider that a strong thing to do it sounds kind of fucking weak tucker cleaver at the helm of heritage just thrilled me um so i wanted to come for that reason just being told so like who gives a shit Honestly, if he's a strong leader or not, he's the head of the Heritage Foundation. Fuck the Heritage Foundation. They're not good for anything. They're literally just here to manipulate the media. Like, literally, it's organizations like the Heritage Foundation that are deliberately used by big business to influence and manipulate media. That's why think tanks exist. To come up with ways to manipulate society. That's what a think tank does. I'm totally blunt with you. And the second reason is to... Like, it, like, if you... Would you really want a organization that you think is bad for the world to have a strong leader? Like, Adolf Hitler was arguably a strong leader, but he was in charge of something I don't want to support. He, like... A strong leader who is insane or or like a strong leader can still be a person of low moral strength. Like it's like the comparison he's like this is also unironically a fascist argument. The strong man, the idea of strongman politics is a long held authoritarian belief. Fuck. I mean, people like Ragnar Redbeard used to write about this stuff. Ragnar Redbeard, by the way, was the guy who created the concept. Of, I don't know if he created There may have been other people who thought of it, but I'm pretty sure the term comes from him, which is might makes right. He wrote, he like, no one even really knows who Ragnar Redbeard was. It was because he knew his opinions were so controversial, he used a pseudonym, which was Ragnar Redbeard, you know, after fucking Viking shit. Although it's funny because... A red beard would be the lowest class of Viking, <clears throat> which means that he must, I guess maybe he's so strong, he rose up in society. But, but according, but like the belief in strength over reason or intelligence isn't good. Like you can be a strong person, like you can be strong in many ways and not know what the fuck you're doing. Confidence does not equal real strength or ability to pay homage and to give some measure of thanks to Ed Fulner for giving me my first job. Which so now we know the name of the man who unleashed this piece of shit on us. Changed my life. And I was, to say I was not a promising hire would be an understatement. That's not false modesty. It it's true. When he was hired, he wore a bow tie everywhere. I wouldn't have hired him, but you know, he's related to rich people. I forget, I forget what he, his parents are rich. I forget what they did. In fact, if anything, I'm underplaying it. Um, but I was leaving college without a degree or a job and attempting- Something rich people can get away with. To marry my girlfriend, which I subsequently did. And I wonder if he got her pregnant and then had to marry her to save face. I have no evidence to prove that. But like based on the description of the story he described, 
kind of think that's what happened. I was in college and then I had to drop out with no job uh, to marry my girlfriend. What does that sound like? That sounds like she's pregnant. Although you're rich, so like, why? And ran into this giant roadblock in the form of her Episcopal priest father who said, no, you know, job first. Um, and not only did I not have a job, I had like no idea what I wanted. Episcopalian, that, that priest is smart. Yeah, you should get a job before you get married, bro. That priest is smart. Wanted to do. And so I applied to a couple of different places, the CIA, if you can even imagine. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Tucker Carlson in the CIA? Wait. What if Tucker Carlson did get in the CIA? Hmm. What if Tucker Carlson has been a CIA plant this whole time? Honestly, it wouldn't be surprising. The CIA has a history of doing weird shit to promote fascism and shut down leftists. Just a fact. Um, some boarding school in Rabat. I oh, man. Think about how better the world would be if he ended up working in the boarding school. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be, have been good for them, but, you know, the rest of society would have benefited. I thought, you know, Morocco, lower standards. Maybe they'll hire me. No. And... Ah! Ah! I wound up um, at Heritage, as you heard, uh, as a fact checker, copy editor. Um. What? 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 A fact checker? How are you so bad at your job? Oh, wait, right. He knew he was lying. Oh, right. At Policy Review, the quarterly magazine of the Heritage Foundation. And it, that job absolutely changed my life. I was paid $14,000 a year plus a $100 bill for Christmas, which Dr. Fulner gave out personally. I don't know what year it is, so I'm not sure how poor that is. Also, rich parents. To the entire staff, at least half of whom went downstairs and bought liquor with it at the liquor store, <laughs> which I think is now part of the intern housing. Um, but it was a long time. Republicans are alcoholics. Time ago. It was so long ago I smoked in my office. That's how long ago it was. That's like, that's like riding a mule to work, just to put it in the... So probably the 80s. Sometime, so probably sometime in the 80s. I'm pretty sure that was the last, last decade people did that in. Maybe early 90s. Context of American history. Smoke in your office? Yeah, I did. Um, in fact, Matt Spaulding told me to stop one day, and I thought, wow. So $14,000 a year is not bad uh, in that time period, but also not great. Wow. Uh, this modernization program is moving too fast for me. I, I can't deal with it. I've always been concerned. That's unironic, because you're a conservative mouthpiece. And conservatism itself is the objection to change. Hmm. I wonder how many conservatives are just on on the AS are just on the spectrum. Huh. There'd be nothing wrong with that, but it would explain why they're so hesitant for change. Conservative in the truest sense. But Matt, you were right, and I quit. And uh, anyway, um, oh, we quit the Heritage Foundation. Good for him, I guess. But yes, it was a long, a long, long time ago. And in the course of that job, though, I didn't get rich, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, because you can't get rich on that amount of money a year. Um, I did learn what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, which was become a journalist. And that was really under the guise. And I settled for being a talking head on television instead. ...of a man called Adam Meyerson who ran it, who was... <laughs> that was 32 years ago. And to this day, he really is the kindest person I've ever worked for. Just kind and patient and exact. He thought I was completely nuts. He thought I was a lunatic. And Okay, so whoever he is, he's got some level of uh, cognitive ability to recognize that uh, you are a lunatic. Um, and I could tell he thought that. Uh, but Tucker Carlson, aware enough to know when someone can see through him. But he was patient with me through my entire year and a half there, helped me get my next job at a... I mean, he'd have to be patient with you. I mean, look at you. ...newspaper in Arkansas. Um, These are all really low blows. He just hasn't said anything really interesting or profound. This is, in fact, pretty fucking boring. What is this about? Because no one else would hire me, but he set me up with this job. He walked into my cubicle and said, do you want to move to Arkansas? And so... Probably where he belongs. I called my bride who was a religion teacher at the local Episcopal school. And I said, do you want to move to Arkansas? And said, what a wonderful woman she's turned out to be. And she said, of course. Is that near Colorado? Quote, quote. <laughs> very much, she was willing to go there. Um, very much Northeastern or at heart. Imagine that. Imagine that. Tucker Carlson's wife is dumb. I don't, I don't like saying that. Tucker Carlson's wife is uneducated. Big surprise. Hurt, but uh, and we did and we loved it. But I got there because Adam Meyerson felt that it was his job to help me get my next job because his job was to train up reasonable people and put them in journalism, even if it meant sending them to Arkansas. Um, and and I was Tucker Carlson involved in the cocaine trade in Arkansas via the CIA? We'll never know. Until it gets declassified. I was thinking about heritage this morning in the shower. Not a place I think. You masturbate to weird things, Tucker. Candy, the Heritage Foundation. What's going on in that brain? Think about it, but I did today. <laughs> and what makes it great? And what that, that actually does make it sound like you were masturbating. One of the best things about heritage over time, longitudinally, 50 years. That you can masturbate to it. Say? is that Heritage has always hired a lot of people. And that is an underrated thing. It really is. Giving it takes a lot of people to skew that many studies in your favor. People a job, even if it's 14 grand a year plus a $100 bill for liquor. You, you change someone's life. You put them on a, on a trajectory. At least that's true for me. I mean, I had not succeeded in school, to put it mildly. And I did not. Oh, look, Tucker Carlson was bad at school. And then his wife doesn't know geography. In fairness, I'm not great at geography. Uh, and in fairness, I also once was, I had a relationship with a woman who, uh, who thought that uh, Pennsylvania was a coastal state. I mean, not for long. She said it out loud and became apparent from everyone's reaction that that was not true. I wonder if Tucker... I swear to God, I'm going to look at a map later and think that I'm the stupid one. But never mind. Continue. Feel, I always, I always felt like I was smart. Not one other person felt that way. 
until I What do you think that means, Tucker? What do you think that means? <clears throat> You're not smart. I got to heritage. <laughs> I'm not sure they were super impressed, but they treated me like an adult. Because they had high they had high intellectual standards. They were standards of honesty. I no, I don't believe that the Heritage Foundation has either of those things. I don't they're a think tank. Their job is propaganda. Those are not things you can trust them to have. And you know, the idea at Heritage when I worked there wasn't just that, you know, we're fighting this war against the other side, of course. But wait, what, Tucker? It's not that we're fighting this war against the other side. I mean, we are. We are, but you know, it's you know, it's not like that. <clears throat> Tucker, what the fuck? It did not logically follow from that at Heritage that you could say whatever you wanted. Just because the other side was rotten didn't mean you could be rotten. He's so divisive. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm making fun of him and I'm saying the Heritage Foundation is terrible and evil. Wait, did I say they were evil? I don't remember. But <clears throat> the implication is that I don't trust them that I don't think think tanks at large are good for society, considering that they are literally just private propaganda organizations. But like the language, <clears throat> like he wants you to think of people who don't think like you as your enemies. And the, the thing about that, that rhetoric is that in mint is that like at the same time, like I can see the hypocrisy in me sitting here making fun of Tucker Carlson and talking about how he's a stochastic terrorist, but like, but like it semi justifies my position that he actively views it as a societal conflict. Like that's actually the alarming thing. That's what makes it apparent that he is a stochastic terrorist who spreads not good thinking or ideas into the world. He views this as a conflict as a war. They really hewed to the highest standards of factual accuracy, intellectual honesty. They really meant it. They did. And even if you didn't agree with You have said that so, you're, you're saying it too many times now, Tucker. <clears throat> I don't believe you. They were very serious about it. They were intellectually serious people. Every single person I worked with. The receptionist in the office at Policy Review was. It sounds like he's saying they didn't laugh at his jokes going to school at night to learn Russian. Is the Heritage Foundation where the right started colluding with Russia? Dun, dun, dun. I would not be surprised. Honestly, CIA, FBI, you should get on this. Check out the Heritage Foundation, see what they're up to. <clears throat> Something has to explain the fact that the right now loves Russia. <clears throat> like, don't you think that's weird, America? Like, <clears throat> but the only thing I can think about is it's that Russia's kind of a Christian nationalist country now. Like, that, why else would conservatives like them? And then the week I started at Policy Review, the Soviet Union collapsed, which was an amazing thing. The coup against Gorbachev in the third week. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Is he secretly signaling that the, C the Heritage Foundation and the CIA were in cahoots to bring down the Soviet Union? <gasps> of August 1991 was the week I started at Heritage. And in retrospect, of course, you never...
The timeline is suspicious. Appreciate the significance of things as they happen to you. You can't really know what the movie's about until it ends. But at the time, we didn't really appreciate how, well, two things. One, our entire political orientation was based on this war between the United States and the Soviet Union, this Cold War, but very much a war. And every part of our politics, as you well remember, those of you my age and older remember, every part of our politics revolved around that central conflict. We were in conflict with a country that was both anti-markets and anti-Christian. And that put... You gotta play those up. You gotta play those up. That's what the people in the seats wanna hear. Yay, Jesus! Yay, money! In stark relief, our own beliefs. And what would happen when that ended? When there wasn't that clear contrast? That's the first thing. And of course, the second thing is we could never have known the third week of August 1991, as we saw totalitarianism die, that it would... So, like, here's the thing. Totalitarianism typically dies because human beings are not designed to be standard. We are not, like, like we're, we're all, like, every... Human beings are snowflakes. And I, I like... Because snowflakes all look the same when they're together. But the reality is, is that if, upon closer inspection of a snowflake, human beings are unique individuals. And totalitarianism pushes against this. Taking away, a, you can't force people to not believe in religion. And that's why a lot of communism struggles. In fact, it has been cited, the potential of one of the reasons Cuba is successful is that it was a communist country that didn't ban religion. I mean, they put in some restrictions and things, but ultimately, Cuba allowed their population to continue to practice their religions. And Cuba <clears throat> is one of the longest running communist, communist, note the air quotes to anyone who can only hear this, country, one of the longest running co successful communist countries in the world. But like, what's he saying here? It almost sounds like he's comparing the struggle in our politics today to that struggle. Let's see what he's talking about. It would ever come here. We just couldn't imagine that. You know, we believe that victories were permanent. They're not, of course. That's the first lesson of history. You know, nothing is permanent except our own demise and God. But we didn't kind of get that. You know, if you told me then that this week, the Department of Justice would have indicted a group of people, people I don't agree with, by the way, on a lot of different issues, Black nationalist socialists from Florida, okay, kind of not my demographic, but would have indicted them for criticizing the US position, the Biden administration's position on the war in Ukraine and charged them with felonies for which they're each facing 10 years in prison. If you told me that could happen here, I would have laughed at you. No. I don't, I don't know this story he's talking about. It's interesting that he chose an example of black nationalists. Um, I would have to look into this story. Um, <clears throat> It's, it's an interesting, it sounds like an interesting story. I wonder, I wonder how much of it is real. I'm going to Google this while he talks. We have a First Amendment. Like, that can't happen here, but it, it has. That and a lot of other things, which are gravely unsettling, actually. And <clears throat> okay, so I don't know if I trust this source, which is World Socialist Website. Department of Justice has indicted four American and three Russian citizens on Tuesday on charges of 
of conducting a multi-year foreign malign influence campaign in the United States to sow discord and spread pro-Russian propaganda. Making clear the explicit anti-democratic nature of the allegations. Okay, interesting. Okay, I just looked that up. And it's interesting. <clears throat> I didn't read the whole article, but I got the gist of it. So essentially, some black nationalists have been accused of collaborating and they're not the only ones who've been indicted. Some Russian people have been indicted with them, uh, have been accused of collaborating to spread pro-Russian propaganda in the United States for the purposes of dividing the country. So that's, that's interesting. Um, they've been indicted. They haven't had a full trial yet. So to really know what's going on there, we're going to have to see what happens. My guess is that Tucker Carlson is using this example just because he wants to have a, an example that makes the country look totalitarian. But the truth of the matter is, is that if this were in the 1950s or 60s, he would, he would be very happy this was happening. Let's just say that. And people who, who were rooted in the, the Cold War story and the reality of the Cold War, again, my age, 53, kind of know where that goes. So the purpose of my talk, which I, by the way, I will keep brief. I'm an inveterate talker. I can He's actually, what's interesting is he's literally saying that, he's literally saying that foreign propaganda should be part of free speech. That's, that's the argument he's making here, technically. Literally talk forever. <laughs> Which is a bold take, actually. That's much more complex than whether or not U.S. citizens should be able to hold their own beliefs. Can't even imagine my capacity for loquaciousness. I mean, it just, it has no end. It's a bottomless well. You know, if you dropped a quarter off the observation deck of the Empire State Building, how long would it take to hit the sidewalk? That was always what we talked about when we were kids. You would never hear it in my case. I can literally go on first. So I will stop and Kevin and I are gonna have a conversation which I think would be much more edifying, but I would just say two things. I have no idea what the hell that was about. About the present moment, because I, I think about them all the time and I brood on this constantly. And then I take every afternoon because Fundamentally, I'm Swedish. I take a sauna every day. Swedish, eh? You're shockingly conservative for a Swedish man. As a, as a resp, I do. I'm not kidding. Every single day. Never miss it. And my whole family does. Wait. Wait, if you're Swedish, then you're not Anglo-Saxon. What? Haven't I heard him talk, talking about Anglo-Saxon shit? I'm fairly confident I have. That would mean if you're Swedish, then you are not anglo mm. as, as a re It's like our one cult cultural contribution. Oh, we're Swedish. Ooh, it's a very deep ethnicity. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of Swedish traditions. You should hear our comedy. It's hilarious. Um, but the one he is not making a strong impression for their comedy. I will tell you that. Sweden, if this is what you think is funny, you gotta step up your game. The thing I do is take a sauna to kind of get out of my head and get away from all this stuff. And I never can. And I just use my time in the sauna to brood more. But here are two conclusions. He's brooding like Batman. If Batman had a severe head injury. I've come to, which I think are slightly less depressing than the most obvious. Or with Swedish. Which is the country's really going at high speed. Which is worse. Speed in the wrong direction. Yeah. Just kidding, Sweden. 
Yeah, no kidding. Like in ways that are just unfathomable. And, and for people of my father's age, for example, who's 82 and such a decent man. And, and I can... If he's a decent man, how did he fuck you up? How did you end up like this if your father's a decent man? That must be embarrassing. Going forever about my dad, who I saw this morning. Um, you know, was born in an orphanage called the Home for Little Wanderers in Boston and became a success and the head of a federal agency and served in the Marine Corps and sort of lived the America. I somehow doubt that was the order those things happened in. I feel like he probably served in the Marine Corps first and then became high up in the federal government. Wait, is that where your parents got their money? That you imagine is possible for people who are smart and try hard and all that. For, for people of that age, it's, it's too much, actually. The change is too abrupt. They can't metabolize it, really. It's too horrifying. But for those... This might actually explain some things. If his father really is a successful orphan, then they're going to have a very skewed perception of the world because not all or most orphans don't grow up to be successes. Like, it, that is very rare. That is a sign that... And I'm not saying orphans can't, but like, unless they get adopted by like somebody who is at least upper middle class, then an orphan is going to be facing substantial obstacles to that level of success. Must have been good at war. Those of us who are still engaged in trying to figure out what this means and not just repelled by it, I would say two things that are, I think we're thinking about. The first is, is you look around and you see so many people break under the strain, under the downward pressure of whatever this is that we're going through. And you look with... What you're going through is you on the TV telling them life is terrible. Of course they're breaking under the stress. They've got you in their ears saying, America's doomed. The great replacement is coming. Like that's what's... Of course they're gonna be depressed. If they believe you. Disdain and sadness as you see people you know become quizlings, you see them revealed as cowards, you see them going along with a new, new thing, which is clearly. The new, new thing is lying to the people who are listening to your show and telling them what they wanna hear because it makes you money. A poisonous thing, a silly thing. You know, saying things you know they don't believe because they wanna keep their jobs. If there's a single person. You. That was you. You and your entire team did that. We know this now. It's been shown in documentation. You and your entire team was doing that. In this room who hasn't seen that through George Floyd and COVID and the Ukraine war, raise your hand. Oh, nobody, right. You all know what I'm talking about. You, you did that. Wow. And you're so disappointed in people. You know, you are. Are you disappointed in you, Tucker? Are you the person you're disappointed in? Because that would show a lot more self-reflection than I would have given you credit for. And you realize that the hurt instinct is maybe the strongest instinct. I mean, it may be. Is he, is he literally talking about how he lied to people here? He's stronger than the hunger and sex instincts, actually. The instinct, which again is inherent to be like everybody else and not to be cast out of the group, not to be shunned literally what you did that's literally what you did and that's a very strong impulse in all of us from and i am using the word literally correctly here he did that thing he did that 
thing. Birth. And it takes over, unfortunately, in moments like this, and it's harnessed, in fact, by bad people in moments like this. You, you, to produce uniformity. And you see people going along with this, and you lose respect for them. And that's certainly- You lost respect for yourself? Is that what it is? Are you having a mental breakdown? What is this? It happened to me at scale over the past three years. I'm not mad at people, I'm just sad. I'm disappointed. How could you go along with this? You know it's not true. Don't be mad at me. Just be disappointed. True, but you're saying it anyway? Really, you're putting your pronouns in your email? You're ridiculous. Okay. What's, what? You have to come up with an argument to me as to why that's actually a problem. Why is it a problem to establish pronouns? Like, what do we lose as a society from, from communicating more clearly? Like, I don't, like, what is, like, what, what? Look, I don't care if you want to tell me your pronouns or not, but like, like the obsession with it is absurd. You know, but no one else thinks it's ridiculous. Oh no, it's the pronouns in the email. What does that even mean? What does it even mean? What does it even mean that you are upset about it? What does it mean, Tucker? What does it mean that this is a problem for you? It mean you're saying things you can't define. LBGTQIA+, who's the- Now he's just feeding into their ignorance. He's attacking. He's openly attacking a, a specific community of people in American society. He's specifically doing it. The plus. I would never look. Look. look the plus is invited. Look. Look. I talk a lot of smack about Republicans. I mean, to be fair, they are they're in the government, so they literally are influencing our society. But. And like, I have a lot of criticisms of Christians, especially evangelicals, who I consider kind of satanic. Uh, I guess that's pretty far. That's pretty fun. That's 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 fun. that's a pretty intense thing for me to say, um, but but like but like I sh I try not to just go out of my way to attack them as a community because they're not all bad. I mean, I mean, at some point, some of the Baptists decided that racism was wrong and split off from the Baptists who thought racism was cool. So, you know, clearly not all religious people are, you know, that bad. But he's going after a specific community right here. And that's kind of scary, especially since they're a minority community. But in my show anytime, find a plus and I'll interview him. What's it like to be a plus? Am I a plus? Okay, now he's just using language to try and be stupid with people. The plus is an implication at a larger community beyond the LG, the G, the B, the T, and the Q, and the Q. Because, because you know, because like once just because it's complex, it's a complex commu community, and not only that, but people used to make were making fun of them for continuously adding more letters. The plus is to cover the future letters. Okay, that's that's the point. As we discover more of the human sexual and gender spectrum, they're, they're gonna add more, it, it would make it ridiculous to pronounce it if you just keep adding more letters. Okay, so that's what the plus is for. So that's what it's for if you were confused by that. So here Tucker Carlson is trying to confuse you about language and make 
that community seem absurd? I'm serious. I feel like I'm an addition. Does that make me a plus? No. And your type five sucks. No one even knows what it is. I just defined it. Clear, you, you, did you even ask anyone? And the whole society, LGBTQIA+. All right, what's the plus? Oh, shut up, racist. Okay. This is a terrible type five, bro. Your type five sucks. You're only getting laughs because you're feeding into people's preconceptions of the situation. So you, you reach that place and you feel, and this is one of the reasons, Father Scalia, I, I was actually overcome a little bit with emotion as you prayed because I realized that I was so upset by the behavior of some people I love, frankly, in a country I revere and always have. Himself. Himself. That's, that's the person he's lost respect for. Himself. Um, that I wasn't praying for the country. You know, that's on me and we all should be. But back to my point. So you see the sadness happening. But there is, as there always is, this is a fact of nature and theology and of observable reality, there is a countervail. He's about to do like, he's just pulling pseudoscience out of his ass. I don't even know what he's going to say, but like the way he set it up is to specifically appeal to people who are uneducated. Oh, Jesus. Failing force at work always. There's a counterbalance to the badness. It's called goodness. And you see it in people. It's actually dumber than I thought it was going to be. Like, how do I, like Tucker, how, why would I believe that you are the goodness? I think that you, you were literally lying for money. People. So for every 10 people who are putting he and him, him in their electronic JP Morgan email signatures, there's one person who's like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry, I don't want to fight, but like, I'm not doing that. It's a betrayal of what I think is true. It's a betrayal of my conscience, of my faith. I've never actually seen anyone get in trouble for not doing this. So I don't know what, like, I've just never seen it. Like, I, it's been a while since I worked in a, I work in nonprofit now, and some people do it and some people don't. And I've never heard anyone, like, make a big deal about not doing it. And when I worked in corporate, I didn't, no, I, maybe maybe it was too long ago, but like I, I don't I don't believe people are getting in trouble for this. Of my sense of myself, of my dignity as a human being, of my autonomy, I am not a slave. I am a free citizen, and I'm. But you were a slave to ratings. Not doing that, and there's nothing you can do to me to make me do it, and I hope it won't. Except offer me tons of money and ratings. Don't come to that. But if it does come to that, here I am. Here I am. It's Paul. He would do it to be the number one show on Fox. That's what he'd do it for. Paul on trial. Here I am. And you see that in people, and it's a completely unexpected assortment of people. I'm really interested in cause and effect and as I noted at the outset of my remarks and my ability to predict the future, <laughs> working on that. You, you failed to predict the future because you weren't really trying to predict the future. 
you were trying to say something you knew your watchers wanted to believe. Whether you believed or not, kind of irrelevant. But because I'm sort of paid to predict things, I try and paid to tell you what you want to hear. Think a lot about, you know, what connects certain outcomes that I should have seen. Conspiracy theories, I'm talking about conspiracy theories. Before they occurred. And in this case, there is no thread that I can find that connects all of the people who've popped up in my life to be that lone brave person in the crowd who says, no, thank you. You could not have known who these people are. They don't fit a common profile. Some are people like me. Some of them don't look like me at all. Some of them are people I despised on political grounds just a few years ago. I could name their names, but you may not even know about their transformations. And I don't want to wreck your dinner by telling you who they are. What are you, what are you, what are you signaling here exactly, Tucker? What, what are you trying to signal here? I mean, it's clear that your, vi your virtue, some would call it vice signaling, but it's clear that you are attempting to, like the whole getting mad about pronouns is a virtue signal. You are trying to signal to your base what they should consider a virtue. But there's in one case someone who I made fun of on television and certainly in my private life in vulgar ways, who was really the embodiment of everything I found repulsive, who in the middle of COVID decided, no, I'm not going along with this. And once you say one true thing and stick with it, all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. Lying is, but the truth is- Who is it? Is as well. Say who it is or I don't believe they exist. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something, you are filled with this, I don't wanna get supernatural on you, but you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. Like the arrogance of this when he knew they were lying is like, like it's like, it, it sounds like he's doing a takedown of himself. That's kind of amazing. But like this, like does he not, does he see it? Like, is he so arrogant that he sees what he's doing here? Or is he literally just, this far gone on his own juice. He drank his own Kool-Aid. Tell the truth about something. You feel it every day. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. What? Like, the, like the context of this, knowing what he has done is kind of like, is he just the cheekiest motherfucker who ever motherfucked? Or is he like this, like, or is this like just completely Freudian? It's measurable in the way that you feel. And of course the- How do you feel, Tucker? How do you feel? Like, what are you feeling giving this speech with what we now know about you? The opposite is also true. The more you lie, the weaker and more terrified you become. We all this you admitting you're weak and terrified? We all know that feeling. You lie about something and all of a sudden you're a prisoner of that. Do we know? Do we know? Why? You are diminished by it. You are weak. This is actually true about lying. But like the irony is brutal. And afraid. Drug and alcohol use is the same way. It makes you weak and afraid. But you look around and you see these people. 
are you admitting to drug and alcohol abuse now? Should I just assume that you're doing all the things you're complaining about? Should I? People, and some of them really have paid a heavy price for telling the truth. And they are cast out of their groups, whatever those groups are, but they do it anyway. And I look on at those people with the deepest possible admiration. I am paid to do that. I face no penalty. Someone came up to me, you're so brave. Really? I'm a talk show host. <laughs> Is he? I mean, it's brave of him to be this fucking bold. Holy shit. Also, talk about the freeze frame. To anyone who can see this, like, look at that fucking face he's making. Like, he looks like the Joker. Or like someone doing a bad Joker. Um, Jesus. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I can't stop looking at it now. Um, wow. Just like we know he's a liar. So like, what's he doing? Like, this is wild. It's like I get any opinion I want. That's my job. That's why they pay me. It's not brave to tell the truth on a cable news show. And if you're you wait, wait, is it the truth or your opinion? Because you understand those things are not mutually exclusive, right? Your opinion is how you feel about something. About how you feel or think about something. How you think or feel about something is not inherently tied to the truth value of a thing. That's an exceptionally important thing to understand, everyone. If you're not doing that, you're really an idiot. You're really craven. You're lying on television. Why would you do that? Yeah, Tucker. Yeah. Why, uh, why would you? Why would you? God damn. Is Tucker okay? You're literally making a living to say what you think, and you can't even do that? Please. But how about if you're a senior vice president at Citibank? I'm serious. It's Citibank. And you're making, you know, four million a year. And you've got three kids in Bedford and two are in boarding school and one starting at Wesleyan next year. Where's he going with this? And like, you need this job, honestly. And your whole sector is kind of collapsing and you know that. There is no incentive whatsoever for you to tell the truth about anything. You just... Tucker, how are your kids? Wait, do you have kids? Are you married? He, no, he mentioned being married. He mentioned being married. Does he have kids? I have no idea. I don't care. I feel bad for them if they exist. Go into the little re-education meetings and you're like, yeah, diversity is our strength. That's exactly right. We need it. Diversity is a strength. And you're just, you know, this, you are literally just vice signaling. I can't call what you believe a virtue, but in your, I mean, from your perspective, it would be virtue signaling. You're such a hypocrite. It's profound. The equity in the capital markets. Okay. All right. So if you're the one guy who refuses to say that, you are a hero, in my opinion. And I know some of that. But Tucker, you're just literally doing what you're accusing the left of doing. Like, this is... The hubris is profound. In fact, my job is to interview them. And I sit back and I look at these people and I give them more credit than I do people who display physical courage, which is often impulsive, by the way. 
and I'm not denigrating physical courage, which I deeply admire, but you interview people who do amazing things, you know, who rush into the proverbial burning building. And like every man is kind of Has he wrote, wait. I don't, is there an episode where he talks to a fireman about being a fireman? Note to self, great idea for podcast. Find fireman, talk to him about being fireman from birth to fantasize about what he would do when the building catches fire and you hear a baby crying and so you run inside. No one is trained to stand up in the middle of a DEI meeting at Citibank and say, this is nonsense. And the people who do that- Because the people who do that are old and don't understand the world. That, oh, they have my deepest admiration. And so their example really gives me hope be an asshole. Be an asshole is what he's saying. He is saying, hey, everybody, get out there and make other people's day at work harder. He's encouraging dissent in our society. And don't get me wrong, dissent has its time and place. But for the love of God, wait, what are we dissenting here? That people want to talk to you about being sympathetic to minorities or understanding minorities enough that you can work in the same space like because i don't get me wrong i'm sure some of that some diversity trainers are cringe as hell but like but like why the cultural outrage why what is the threat here it thrills me. I talk to them all day long, people like that. That's the first thing. We should, in this sad moment of profound and widespread destruction of the institutions that people who share our views built, by the way. You are the one putting these institutions at risk, just so you're aware. Way. Earlier generations that would agree substan substantially with every person in this room, they built those and now they're being destroyed. And oh. Not everyone back then would agree with you people. Like the concept that the founding fathers had like were on the same page politically is an absurd history myth. They disagreed about a lot of stuff. That's so depressing. But we can also see rising in the distance, new things, new institutions led by new people who are every bit as brave as the people who came before us. Amen. Here's the second thing I'd like to say before I get to the conversation. Was that a prayer, Tucker? Why'd you end it with amen? Also, is he unironically like shilling like right wing corporations? I don't. It's very alarming that basically marketing to right wing people has become an industry. Station with Dr. Roberts, which is that it, it might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to <laughs> to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo American assumption, that the debates. You're Swedish. You told us you were Swedish. What the fuck? We're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that one of his parents is Anglo. But seriously, man, you know they're not Anglos, right? The Scandinavians. What the fuck? Son of a bitch. Outcomes. 
right? So like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're going to argue about tax rates and I think higher tax. You know, oppressed or whatever. See how he throws off the oppression like it can't exist, like it's a ridiculous thing to be concerned about, which is also weird because he's literally trying to sell people saying their pronouns as a form of oppression. Oh, my God. Next gets, gets us there. I'm a Keynesian and you disagree or an Austrian or whatever. But the objective is the same. I, wa I wonder how many people in that room actually know. I mean, it's the Heritage Foundation, so maybe they actually know what he's talking about. But he's been saying some real dumb shit, too. So, like, they can't all be smart in that room. So we write our papers and they write their papers and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over. He says in a think at a meeting for a think tank where they'd be writing papers all day. How to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me because I don't have any. I grew up in the shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I wow. I did, like, I will be honest, the most shocking thing in here is how hard he comes for the, the Episcopalians. Like, 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 that's actually, unironically, a reason we need secularism. <laughs> like, would Tucker Carlson be like, yeah, no, Episcopalians, now that, we, now that we've got Christian nationalism to take over the whole country, I'm thinking, you know, the Episcopalians, we don't need them. They're not Christian enough. Let's make them sleep with the fishes. I say with shame, but I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There don't know why when gangster there at the end. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with... <sighs> transgenderist is not a word. The implication of ist and ism is that it would be an ideology or a religion. Transgenderism is neither of these things. Oh my God, now it's got me saying it. Being transgender is neither of these things. There. <sighs> that mindset policy papers don't account for it at all if you have people who are saying i have an idea let's castrate the next generation let's sexually mutilate children i'm sorry not happening that is not happening that is not happening first of all trans children are still a minority in our overall population this is not a real concern people and also you you can't get you you don't like there are actual basic standards in place all of this stuff medically like you okay so they're socially transitioning you can socially transition at any age because it's literally just wearing different clothes and people treating you like the other gender and then you got the option puberty blockers not all trans kids will take puberty blockers but you can't start puberty blockers or you not, cannot ethically start puberty blockers until you know you're in puberty like it wouldn't even do anything well it wouldn't do anything useful if you started it before puberty because it's not a purpose then also Trans, trans children who are on puberty blockers are not eligible for top surgery because they've never had anything develop because they didn't go through puberty.
Now, teenagers, teenagers can get top surgery. The youngest example of a teenager getting top surgery I've ever, I've ever been able to find was 15. Most kids who get top surgery are going to be 16 or 17, which white, which Christian nationalists believe is old enough to have a child, by the way. However, you cannot have genital surgery until you are 18. This is the current standard. If anyone tells you they are, gen they are mutilating children's genitals, that is either a lie or a fringe case of severe medical malpractice. That's, that's, that's just the reality. Sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. Shouldn't be a political debate, but you're making it one. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? It's not. That's not what. God damn. No, I, I don't think anyone like you. Non-binary people can be can be androgynous, but if but if someone is trans, it's literally they literally don't want to be androgynous. They are aiming for a specific gendered expression. It's. Uh, one could like defend that as a positive outcome, but the weight of the government your, is is your lack of a strong you know your lack of a strong chin makes you look less like a man ticker. Uh, maybe you're androgynous. I don't, I don't. I'm sorry. That was bad. It wasn't good. It didn't work. I'm leaving it in the edit anyways, because I'm a rebel. And uh, you know a lot. Not the southern kind. The Jedi kind. A lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child. Okay. So um, someone recently in the Republican Party unironically uh, said that children dying from child abuse uh, was a net uh, financial good for the government because it would make it would ensure they were not using up tax dollars on them in the future. By this measurement, abortion would also be this. That being said, I would never make the argument that abortion itself is inherently a net positive. However, Inside of our capitalist system, the way it is organized, I would say that abortion, legal abortion is a necessity to several levels of functioning in this society. Whether you view it as a good or a bad thing in terms of its actual practice is irrelevant because it is necessary to create mobility in our society and to also prevent women from being enslaved. Child sacrifice, obviously. Child sacrifice, really, really, really. Did you know the church used to do chemical abortions? Did you know there's a line in the Bible that specifically says, if your wife is pregnant with a child and it's not yours, it, it then you can literally poison the, in, like it talks about drinking a thing to cause a miscarriage. And churches used to do this. Like you used to send a girl to a nunnery to get this done. That's why you sent 
sluts to nunneries. Oh my God. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that? And victims are- Exactly what a lot of it is about. Rape, I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that. And I have compassion to you for everyone involved. But when the treasury secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in here. I find that to be a very sketchy statement. I would Google it, but I'm tired. History that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one, I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the men. This is actually, this is a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of societies have done human sacrifice. That doesn't mean they all have. As of Americans, it was everybody. So like, that's what that is. What's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake. Hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement. It's not a thing. It's not a thing that's happening. Abortion isn't that. Abortion is not that. Abortion, in a capitalist society, is almost a necessity. If you don't like capitalism, then let's stop capitalism. Let's figure out if there were communities that existed that could help pregnant mothers. If we had more of like the classic sort of tribal approach to raising children, then maybe, or maybe if there were, you know, safety nets in society that would help make sure these children were raised safe and healthy and well-educated, maybe if we had these things, then we wouldn't need abortion. And we don't have these things. An abortion is essentially a sentence to poverty. I mean, not getting an abortion is essentially a sentence to poverty unless you get lucky, unless things line up for you just right. It's evil. Your face is evil, bitch. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this, I'll put it in non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms. And just Why do you keep talking about theological? Because what I'm hearing, Tucker, is it sounds like you are trying to imply that politics that don't agree with you are somehow a religious threat. That they are sometimes, are you implying they're satanic? Is that where this is going? Because that's fucked up, man. Just say, if you want to know what's, evil and what's good. What are the characteristics? Okay, that is what he's saying. Characteristics of those. And by the way, you know, I, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon. The general concepts of good and evil are actually come from Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. May or may not be pronouncing that right. I apologize to the Middle East understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What are these? The Greeks actually have very different understandings of these things, by the way. 
if you've ever read Greek shit. Two conditions produce. Well, I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Not according to Diogenes. Just, you know, a Greek philosopher. It's true. It is. And evil is cleanliness next to godliness. is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division. You're, okay. Y'all love guns, right? Y'all understand that that's violence. Y'all understand that you're spreading hate against the transgender community and also creating a great deal of disorder and division in society with your whack-ass reporting. Disorganization and filth. So if you are all in on the th clean your room things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, almost none of those things are defined as evil, by the way. It's making up his own rules. What you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. Abortion has nothing to do with those things you just described, by the way. I'm not calling for a religious war. Far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not. You defined it as a war earlier. What? And I'm not certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. Who else would you be backing, Tucker? I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid fifties are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. Yeah, that part's true. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea and we've got this idea and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Then, okay. I watch debate shows on the YouTubes all the time. The leftists be out here debating people left and right. It's just not true. This is not true. Tucker Carlson has never debated Hasanabi or uh, Bosch or uh, the Rational Nationalist. I'm just Kyle Kalinsky. I don't think he's talked to any of these people. He's talked to people who've talked to them, like uh, Tim Pool, who has talked to some of those people I mentioned before. Tim Pool is actually is still a tool, though. Those ideas Tim Tool. won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want. Tim low end of the gene pool. Under any circumstances. I went a long way for that one. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. Okay, so if you use the term it's obvious, then it... it Literally, that's not a way to justify anything. He's literally saying, I don't have to prove it to you, or I shouldn't have to prove it to you. I don't have to even have to clearly define what I'm saying. It's this type of empty rhetoric that makes him kind of fucking dangerous. And I think two things. One, do you think or do you feel? We should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using 
okay, wait. So are we engaging in debates or not, Tucker? You first said, hey, we should debate, but the right, but the left doesn't want to debate. Now you're saying the debates are stupid. We shouldn't have them. Like practically the same paragraph, man. The terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. Win. Win. Was, did you stop doing it when you realized that not using facts made you more money and got you more ratings? Did it? And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious. Like, why not? About what? About what? What, what are you talking about, Tucker? What are they praying for or against here? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist. I'm literally saying that. You sound a lot like an evangelist, bro. To you as an Episcopalian. This That's a bad play on words. But also, why do you hate Episcopalians? Like, are you an Episcopalian now? You sound like you hate Episcopalians. Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm I've never seen a man sell out his own religion so hard and not be an atheist. Like, damn. Literally an Episcopalian, okay? <laughs> and even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future. And I hope you will. This is, this is literal virtue signaling. Job. Thank you. Oh man, the chance to interview Tucker Carlson. Do I have some questions? <laughs> but uh, because you made your first point seven times, we only have a few minutes. <laughs> well, that's kind of a signature move for me. Yeah, yeah, must be the elitist. Be clear, I apologize to the mascot, Mr. Clean, not the guy I just called Mr. Clean. Send you. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that still. <laughs> We've got time for two questions. Great. But all seriousness, Tucker, thank you. Oh, what a great message. Oh, well, thank you. Yep. Uh, it was heartfelt. Things go south at Fox News. There's always a job for you at Heritage. <laughs> well, you've saved me before. Did they know? Did they know? Because that's hilarious. Unless they knew, in which case it's potentially a conspiracy. Four. So thank you. We, we do that for a lot of people very happily. We're not called America's outpost for nothing. <laughs> yeah, think about that. <laughs> First question, all, all kidding and sarcasm. Wait, what? 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 That's why we're America's outpost? What? I don't, I... Whoosh. Aside. What do you think over the last... Was that sarcasm? What are we talking about? What's... 10 or 20 years, whatever timeline you think is appropriate, has changed the most. That is, and I mean that socially and culturally, I don't mean that politically, although you can go there if you want, that has affected everyday Americans' lives. 
the lack of information. Mm. I, I, oh, this is so name droppy, but I, I can't resist because it's the elitist in you. No, I know it must be. Saying the quiet part out loud, which is that Tucker Carlson is part of the elite. He's, he's not an everyman. No, I was actually interviewed Elon Musk this week. And he's, there you and go. So, I know. I was talking to Elon Musk, Elon and I. <laughs> Embarrassing. Smoking a cigar on his G4, and he turns to me and he says, you know, Tucky calls me Tuck. Um, no. That makes you pretty beta, bro. No, I interviewed him for work, obviously. And he had a great, he had such a wonderful line. And he said, the most likely outcome is the most ironic outcome. And I thought, boy, is that, that is just... That it feels like it's on purpose. It feels on purpose. Oh, holy God. That's actually a, I, I, would, I would argue that's a Christian precept, actually. You know, it, it's, it's kind of the Beatitudes. You know, the first shall be last. And the opposite of what you think is going to happen happens. And so often, and so the internet, the pro core promise of the internet was as much information as we've ever had at your fingertips. And the result has been a centralization of information. This is deliberate, needless to say, but unnoticed. Actually, been the opposite. There is probably more a wide vary of ideas and opinions now than there have been in a long time. Like, the internet allowed things like flat earthers to have a fucking renaissance. Think about it. Noticed by most people that results in more controlled information than we could even have. You, Tuck, when you controlled the information, when you did that, the thing we now know you did? I've imagined 20 years ago. So a lot of information just is not available. I mean, because it's digital and it's controlled by a small number of companies, the polling suggests that a lot of Americans, and I don't mean like... It's not a small number of comp companies. There are like thousands of companies on the internet. And the ones that control the most shit are not small. Hundreds, I mean hundreds of millions of Americans have no idea what's going on. They don't know the facts about certain things. That it's not just because they're dumb or they're- Because they've been listening to you who have been lying about the facts. They're distracted on their iPhones. The whole point of the iPhone was to inform you and the net effect has been to make people completely ignorant of the core of the actual facts, like the non-disputed facts about a lot of different things. And you saw this certainly during COVID. So that- This is mind blowing. Like, like the, the arrogance. Challenges the idea of democracy, which, you know, rests on the notion of an informed voting public of a citizenry. And we don't have that. And, um, and that really, I, I never would have expected that at all. And last thing- Because of you. I'll say is don't throw away your hard copy books because they are the repository, the enduring repository that cannot be, and I'm dead serious and I don't mean to, I'm not going to tell you to buy golden ammo though. Obviously you should think about it. <laughs> what? No, I'm reasonable. I'm not going to tell you to do those things, but you know, you might want to do those things. You know what I'm saying? But definitely don't throw away your books because they can't be disappeared because they exist physically. And I would say a corollary to that is don't throw away your relationships with other people because they can't be disappeared either. The, the material, the physical, things that...
the mob disagrees. You can smell. Those are the things that you can trust. Your spouse, your dogs, your children, especially your dogs, but you know, your, your actual friend. All those people can betray you, by the way. All of them. Friendships, your college roommates, people in person. Your college roommate can definitely betray you. I didn't have a college roommate, but I knew people. As the world becomes more digitized and people live in this kind of, this realm that's disconnected from physical reality. You're part of that realm, bitch. I think the only way to stay sane is to cling more The only way to prove I'm not sexist is to call Tucker Carlson a bitch as many times as I called Candace Owens a bitch. Yep, that's how it works. Tightly to the, bitch. the things that you can smell. And I've really gotten to the point where if I can't smell it, I'm not dealing with it. I didn't count how many times I called Candace Owens a bitch, but, at the end, but after the episode, I was like, eh, probably that was gratuitous. I was like, oh, that was probably gratuitous numbers of, of bitch. Tucker Carlson deserves the, the same gratuitous number, but like it, I'm almost done. I'm not going back to add more bitches, but he a bitch. And I mean that, um, and that includes books. Anyway, that's what's changed. Books, relationships, and ammo. Tucker Carlson's yeah. Guide to the Universe. Yes. That is awesome. Well, we've got 46 seconds. Okay. The Turner's Diaries is a book. Dun, dun, dun. And it's tight because we have two real treats. Even after you. I talk too I, much, and my apologies. No, don't, don't apologize. He does talk too much about nothing. All, all great. <clears throat> I knew you were going to talk more than you said you would. Every time, ask my wife. And now we're down to 20. I feel sorry for his wife, but he probably married... He probably deliberately married someone who was young when it has a cognitive issue. Because who else would have him? Someone he could trick. Eight seconds. So when everyone wakes up tomorrow, whether they're staying here or they're able to go home, what the prison? should be top of mind for them to do in their local community? Oh, well, the very first thing you should do every single day is tell all the people you love that you love them for two reasons. Because you do, and affirming things out loud makes them real. Words are the most important and most powerful thing that we have. And of course, I have an interest in By that argument, trans people are very real, Tucker. Is, is that what you're trying to do? Make trans people not real? Is that, is that what's happening? Do you think, oh, if I don't say it, they won't be real. If I don't say it, they won't be real. Like, is that, is that how your brain works? In saying that, I sold Chrysler. You should tell people you love that you love them. But he's probably saying it because it's an easy, like, it, people want to hear that. He's getting people on board with him. He's a public persona. He knows how to sell shit. So I'd be like, cars are the most important thing. But, but words are, in the beginning was the word, and so articulate. So much virtue signaling. Articulate it. And that is also simultaneously an acknowledgement of a truth that we don't face, which is we don't know what's going to happen today. And we could die. That's the one thing that unites every person is the certainty of death. Tucker Carlson actively considering suicide 
because he knows the truth is coming. And reminding yourself of that every single day will bring you, paradoxically, joy. I love you. That's the most important thing. What a wonderful response. What a, I read it in the back of guidepost response. In a lot of ways, that's a, a fitting way, not for just you and me to conclude our brief conversation. <laughs> Sorry. You're never gonna live that one. Yeah, well. But in a lot of ways, also a good way for us to conclude. Tucker, we gave you five minutes. You went on for almost 27 this gathering before some additional entertainment. And so I will ask all of you to join in the hookers. Join me in thanking Tucker Carlson for being here tonight and for what you do. Thank you. God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you. You bet. Thank you. Hoo-wee. What about that noise, son? Oh. I, I am absolutely floored by the amount of irony here. Wow, Tucker. Wow. I mean, like, if they ever make a movie out of your life, this has to be in there. And, like, it's got to be underscored by all the shit you fucking, fucking did. All right, well, thank you for, thank you for listening or watching Ruben Uncut. Please like and subscribe wherever you're listening. But if you're not listening to Spotify, do me a favor, go over there and subscribe there as well. You can listen to me on other platforms if you still prefer them, but it really does help me out if you go and subscribe on Spotify. Also, check out the YouTube channel, which I'm slowly uh, putting as many episodes, I'm slowly moving episodes over to. It's, it takes a while, but uh, do please check out the YouTube, YouTube and like and subscribe that as well. Maybe comment on some of my, uh, my videos. I uh, thank you ever so much for listening. You can email me at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Have a fab, fantabulous whatever time of day you're watching this. You know what? Whole day. Whole day fantastic. I mean, I guess maybe you'd have to be watching it in the morning to get the whole day fantabulous. But you know, you know what? Fuck it. It's retrospectively fantabulous your whole day. Welcome. <laughs>